Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. your Bibles. We're going to go to one passage of Scripture as we continue our teaching on the Beatitudes. Amen. Live in a kingdom mindset. So today we are on lesson number eight and uh, it is taken from verse number nine. Blessed are the peacemakers. For they shall be called the children of God. Say it with me. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Be a peacemaker. My subtitle is children that act like their father. We're the children of God. Peacemakers are the children of God. I want to act like our father. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, today for the chance to study your word Thank you, Lord, today, God, for your blessings in this house. Lord, I praise you for the peace that is here at MPC. I praise you, Lord, for the deliverance that is here. Now, for every opposing spirit, God, that is trying to bring influence in any other way, to bring chaos, to bring, Lord Jesus, division and strife, I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. I proclaim peace Lord, peace to homes, peace to lives, peace to relationships, peace in your kingdom. In Jesus' name, let everybody say amen. amen. God bless you. You can be seated. It's not been too many years ago, right after World War II, that there was a bright idea among the nations to create something called the United Nations. United Nations. United Nations was brought into existence with the sole purpose, supposedly, to promote world peace. But since 1945, in its inception, there has not been one single day on this globe where there was peace all over the earth. Hmm, think about that. The world has been continually filled with one upheaval after another, one war after another, one battle after another. The goal of the United Nations was to, to make sure there was peace I will submit that the United Nations has probably caused more wars than they've ever done anything about peace. But really what has happened is that 
Instead of freeing successive generations from the scourge of war, they have proven to be just simply a a megaphone to show us that the world does not have peace. In reality, mankind seems incapable of peace. Even here in the good old U.S. of A., today, peace is a, a fleeting thing. It seems that every relationship is fragile. Culture is fragile. In our day, more people have been identified with emotional stress, family dysfunction, cultural issues. Don't know who they are. Don't know what they are. That's not peace, but it is confusion. Families that are disintegrating, an education system that's on the brink of being broke, people participating in marches and sit-ins and rallies and protests and demonstrations. To what end? Peace? No. Get in their way? Probably. All because man has a problem having peace. It is that lack of peace within that brings him so much turmoil. Our society needs peace. It needs peace. And to have peace, you have to have peacemakers. What will bring peace? These are redundant questions, but I think they needed to be asked. Will our government really bring peace? We're probably more divided now than we were close to the Civil War. Will prosperity bring peace? Will abundance bring peace? Will peace protesters bring peace? Doesn't that sound like an oxymoron, you know, the the peace protesters? Violence in war, it's not going to, uh, war doesn't bring peace, though that, that might seem like that's the ultimate outcome. How about more meetings at Camp David? More sit-downs with leaders and signing treaties? Still messed up. I will tell you, there will never be peace until the Lord returns in our world. So until then, the only thing that can bring peace is a personal encounter with the Lord, yes, but also to have people that are peacemakers. People that are the children of God that are peacemakers. Amen. There must be something that will come that will even supersede counseling and marriage retreats and seminars and how-to and self-help books and uh, uh, greater communication skills and all that are great. But there, there is a conflict that is raging within the, the fabric and the soul of man. And it is that I'm disconnected from God. And if I am disconnected from God, then there cannot be any peace. Adam's sin ushered all of humanity into this disconnect. Sin broke communication between God and man. And Adam then passed that down to the human family And what was once a walk in the cool of the day of the garden, a day of peace and communication, has become now a breach, has become a gulf between Adam and Eve and humanity and God. 
Amen. Sin brought death. And death is not a conclusion, but rather a state of separation. Physical death is when the spirit is separated from the body. But spiritual death happens when sin disconnects us from the presence of God. Sin dislocates people from the glory of the Lord. For it was God that walked into the garden and said, Adam, where are you? God went in the same place at the same time. But Adam was missing because he was disconnected. He had the greatest conflict at that time begin to happen. And where you have conflict, you don't have peace. There is no harmony. Sin brings conflict. Sin separates. Sin brings disorder. And it messes up our harmony with God. And there cannot be any peace if there is sin. There cannot be any peace in your life if there is sin. David said it like this in Psalm 51 and 5. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. How can you explain today a, a, a child walking into a school and just shooting people at random? How do you explain that? We want to explain it as mental illness, or we want to explain it as gun control problems, or we want to, but, but nobody seems to want to address the real issue, and that is the, the, the disconnect of sin. How do you explain a child that, that engages in depraved activity, such, such things that innocent children should never be engaged in, and yet today it seems to be escalating and escalating? How do you explain all this, this, this messed up issues of the world? I will tell you it boils down into the disconnect of sin. But God didn't give up on us. I said God did not give up on us. Mankind's relationship with the Almighty began to gravitate and look for the day that there would be a restoration of a broken relationship. A restoration. Can I tell you what salvation really is? Salvation is peace. Can I tell you what redemption really is? Redemption is peace. Redemption is now me back in harmony with God. Me back in one with the Lord. Oh, can you thank God today for the great peace of redemption? Jesus Christ is the ultimate peacemaker. He is known as the Prince of Peace. And the crowning moment where peace was made for all was not at a conference table. It was not in a church service. It was not in a Bible study. Nor was it through compromise, but rather on a blood-stained, rugged cross. It was that place that Jesus Christ went to Calvary and he paved the way. And he paid for the way so you and I can have peace. We can have peace. Colossians 1.19 says, For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him I say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works. Yet now hath he reconciled. The word reconcile means to bring back 
to harmony. Rather, even bring back to the former state of harmony. Adam, you blew it, but Jesus Christ came to bring peace, to bring us back in harmony. I will tell you, yoga will not bring you into harmony. Meditation on the the eyes of the world will not bring you to harmony. Amen. There are some people that are into this where they go and they will stay for a long time in a dark room looking for harmony. Not this old Gilboy. Our world is looking for harmony and peace, but the only place that we will find peace is go back to a rugged cross and find the one that is hanging on that cross and say, by his blood, I am now reconciled through repentance, through baptism and the infilling of his spirit. Death, burial, resurrection. Ephesians chapter 2 in verse 14 says it like this. The Paul, Paul writes, for he is our peace. For he is our peace. Who had made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinance. For to make in himself of twain one new man so making Peace. It is in the death, burial, and resurrection that Jesus Christ made peace. Hallelujah, that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and did what? What did he preach? What did he preach? His message is peace. Hallelujah, he preached peace. Peace to you which were are far off and in them that are nigh. And through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners but fellow citizens and saints and of the household of God. Oh, thank you Jesus for bringing me peace today. His peace is greater than your problem. Don't think your problem is so bad that he can't bring peace into it. He paid for it on the cross. His peace is greater than your issue right now. His peace is bigger than your your trial or your mistake or, or the sin in your life. He has come to bring peace. I want to embrace that. But to embrace that, I go back to Calvary and I realize what he has done for me and how he has saved my soul. The bloody scene of Calvary appears nothing like a place of peace. But it rather appears to be a place of pain, of suffering, and cruelty, and conflict. Yet Calvary is the place where your peace and my peace has been forever purchased. You know, there's a scripture in Hebrews that says that Jesus, who for the joy the joy that was set before him went to the cross, endured, suffered pain. That doesn't seem like joy to me. But can I tell you what heaven sees in Calvary 
It looks a lot different than what the world sees in Calvary. What heaven sees in the blood and the atoning blood of Jesus Christ is a whole lot different than what the world thinks it is. Hallelujah. I refuse to take the blood out of the message of Christ. I refuse to take the blood out of songs I sing because it is the blood that reconciles me. It is the price. He, he's paid for your peace. He's paid for peace in your home. He's paid for peace in your life. He's paid for peace in your mind. He's paid for peace in the nations. Isaiah 53 and 4 prophesied about this place called Calvary and what would happen to our Lord when he said, Surely he hath borne our griefs. Surely he hath borne our griefs. Got any grief in your life? Feel the sense of loss? Got any grief? Not only did he bear our griefs, he carried our sorrows. Mm. Sorrows are different than grief. Sorrows are woe, hurt, regret. Didn't happen. Disappointment. Sorrows are messed up. I messed up. My, my, my world is out of order, sorrows. And yet, we did seem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgression. And he was bruised for our iniquities. And he said the chastisement, the war. Do you know there's a war going on for the peace in your life? The chastisement of our peace was not upon us, but he said he put it upon him. He has taken the battle for your peace. Hear me tonight. I want you to get this. He's already paid and won the battle for peace in your mind. Amen. So I'm not running to my worry. I've got to run to the cross. I'm not running to my grief. i got to run to the cross. I don't want to run to my sorrow. I'm going to run to the cross. Oh, praise his name. It's a good place to say amen, somebody. It's a good place to say hallelujah, somebody. It's a good place to shout glory. But know this. Redemption, the cross, the price of salvation and the resurrection was not an appeasement of sin. You cannot soothe sin without confronting it with conviction. A lot of people want to soothe their sin and appease their sin because they want peace. Well, let me, ha- let me be appeased and I'll get some peace. doesn't work that way. But rather the peace of God confronted sin. It did not ignore sin. I want everything to be all right. I want everything to be all right. But let me continue in my sin. That's not peace. That's why people drink. That's why people take drugs. That's why people get involved in illicit activities. Is they're trying to find peace. And appease their situation. But when I go to the cross... Oh, praise be to God. I find conviction and it may feel me unco- may, it may feel uncomfortable, but the Bible said that godly sorrow 
worketh repentance. It is that conviction, that confrontation that looks at the sin through the word of God. Hallelujah. But if I will follow God's plan of repentance, then I can find the peace that he has for us. Some people have this idea, like one man said about peace. He said, peace is merely that brief, glorious moment in history when everybody stops to reload reload their weapons. Can I tell you there's a vast difference between being a peacekeeper and a peacemaker. A peacekeeper is focused on making things easier. A peacemaker is focused on making things right in the sight of God. That's why the UN doesn't work. It's a peacekeeping force, not a peacemaking force. Every peacemaker is going to have to be also a fighter. But not every fighter is a peacemaker. See, peacemakers are not appeasers, making sure you ever ever been around those Folks in your family, and if you haven't, you're, you're probably the one. Ever been around those that just appease everybody? It's a good place to say amen or oh me. Peacemakers are not content to leave things as they are. Neither is the Lord. He's not content to leave things as they are. The motive of a peacemaker is to bring people into harmony with God. And sometimes that means doing things that seem like fighting rather than appeasing. Guardians of peace are determined to be warriors of righteousness. They resolutely pursue reconciliation because there cannot be any peace without reconciliation to God. With a pure heart, they fight every foe that disturbs and disrupts the peace of the kingdom of God. Anything that's evil, destructive, and separating, and sin, those that are peacemakers will say, I will fight that. I'm not talking about fighting the person because that's not what we war against, but we we fight against the the issues and and the back things and the, and the foundation things and the sin that is there. Mr. E. H., Mr. E. Hastings said this, there is no peacemaker who has no iron in his blood, no hot word of indignation at fitting times on his tongue, who is not ready when on occasion calls to be follower of him who could flash forth woe unto you scribes and Pharisees and hypocrites and who spoke with the concernedness of the wrong combination of work and worship devouring widows houses and making long prayers unquote the peacemaker takes a stand on principles and dares to face the consequence A peacemaker is not an appeaser. I want you to get that in your spirit. But neither are they just simply a warmongering soldier. Evil and wickedness 
will thrive where there is no peacemaker. Remember I said that Jesus is the ultimate peacemaker? It's because he confronted sin on the cross. Hallelujah. He paid for that on the cross. Peacemakers are like the disciples who went out in the name of the Lord and turned their world upside down. And they certainly didn't appease the government. They didn't appease the religious folks. They didn't appease the idolaters. But they preached the gospel, not with a sword uh, uh, to destroy, but with a sword of truth. With a sword of truth. Let us go forward and turn our world upside down with a move of the Holy Ghost. Somebody say amen. Matthew 10, 34. Think not. This is one of those scriptures that will make you go, huh? All right. Think not that I am come to send peace on earth, but I've come to send. Uh, think not that I've come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. Huh? Do you read that and go that way? It makes my, my gill brain do that. Huh? What you saying, Lord? But remember this. The sword is set on Satan. The sword is set on sin. The war is against evil and darkness. The answer is reconciliation through the power of the cross. But it is the cross that comes and gives us that. What's going on here? Amen. I'll tell you what's going on. There's a war that is happening. There is a battle that is happening. And the ultimate goal is reconciliation. And therefore the ultimate goal is peace. Peace. Because this is what he did and this is what we must do. He was a peacemaker who fought not to destroy but to deliver. Not to destroy and not to, but to deliver. Their mission, a peacemaker's mission, is to preach pardon through the mercy and not punishment through justice. Amen. The peacemaker fights for freedom, not being, bringing people under bondage. Uh, hallelujah. Remember, the battle we fight is not carnal, but it is spiritual. And, and peace is, is not the abuse, or rather the peace is not the absence of conflict, uh, but rather restoration through the presence of the Lord. You say, I don't like all this conflict. Uh, well, let the conflict lead us to Christ, uh, and let Christ lead us to peace. A peacemaker confronts the violence and brings it under the judgment of God. Be it emotional chaos in the mind, be it physical violence. Can I just stop here and tell you? A peacemaker does not allow an abusive husband to continue to abuse his wife and never say anything. A peacemaker does not learn of a family member abusing a child and never say anything. It is rather, Lord, let me say it like you want. I'm not here to just, to just to fight them, but the sword is against the sin, not the person. The sword is that you have that drug problem, and that drug problem, when it comes into your life, it brings all kinds of chaos into my home and my family. Let me just tell you, I've got a... I, I want to tell you a story that, that a pastor, a good pastor friend that, that, that we know, he had a son. They had a son that was constantly in, going to jail and getting arrested for drugs and all this kind of stuff. And the dad and the mom were bailing him out. 
Until the last time the dad looked at him after paying $5,000 to get him out, he looked at him and he said, this is the last time. I don't care if it's $50. I am not bailing you out of jail. And all these years, there was chaos in the situation, chaos in the situation, until the dad said, I'm not bailing you out again. Well, he was arrested, and it was $50 to get him out. Minor thing. He called his dad, said, I need $50 to get out of jail. And he said, tough. I'm not bailing you out again. You know, his wife went and bailed him out. And he's never been in a jail since then. Why? Because a peacemaker is one that confronts the issue in love, in love, and said, because I love you, I'm not going to empower you and equip you and enable you to continue in this. So I'm not supporting your habit. I'm not supporting what you're doing. Amen. I, I believe today that this is a tough way to look at things, but it's the way the cross looks at it. Is that I paid for that. I confronted that. But it takes repentance. Blessed are the peacemakers. Peacemakers. Peace is not just the end of a war. It is the impartation of righteousness that brings two parties together in love. The Hebrew word shalom, you've heard that word before? It's peace. Shalom. When said to a friend, it doesn't mean may you have no conflicts. It meant I desire for you all the righteousness and good God can give you. When they say shalom, they're not saying, I hope you never battle a battle. I hope you get what God has for you. I hope you get what God has for you. God's peacemakers do not just stop war. They replace what causes war with the righteousness of God. Jesus came to bring a different kind of peace. Therefore, it requires a different kind of peacemaker. John 14, 25. These things have I spoken to you, being yet present with you. But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things uh, to your remembrance whatsoever I said unto you. And then he said this powerful statement, peace. I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Peace is not the absence of a storm. It is rather a calmness within the storm. Peace is not the absence of a battle or a trial or a test. It's a calmness that you can walk with God in the middle of the chaos. The story is told of a flight that was flying and got into a storm and everybody was in turmoil and everybody was saying prayers and whatever they could do because of the lightning and the wind and the rocking of the plane and the little boy was sitting in his seat and he was just as calm as he could be and somebody walked up to him and said, aren't you, aren't you, aren't you afraid? Aren't you upset? And he said, No. My dad's the pilot. My dad's the pilot. 
in this world, we need to tell ourselves and the storm, my father's a pilot. My father's in control. I'm going to have peace in this storm. Can you thank the Lord? You know what qualifies you to be a peacemaker? Go back and study the other Beatitudes. What qualifies us to be a peacemaker is if we are pure, a poor in heart or poor in spirit, if we are real with our mourning, if we're meek and gentle, if we're hungering and thirsting for righteousness, amen, if we are merciful and if we have a pure heart, that's why he put it at this place is that qualifies you as a peacemaker. A peacemaker will never be a bully. A peacemaker will never be a, a brazen and meant to hurt and harm. A peacemaker means to bring reconciliation. Oh God, let us be a people of reconciliation. Let us be, Lord, a people, oh God, that will honor you by being a peacemaker. Heck like your father. He's the ultimate. Romans chapter 12, let's walk through this for a little bit here. I'm going to talk about the attitude of a peacemaker. Romans 12 and 9, let love be without dissimulation. That means love without hypocrisy. Love without hypocrisy. Abhor that which is evil. We need a proper sense of right and wrong. Hate what is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Abhor. That, you know, it really means have a horror for. Ugh. Anybody ever be clicking your remote and you prop up on a horror movie and you can't get off of it quick enough? Or even an advertisement of something that is wicked and evil. You just you, you, you turn. Well, there ought to be something inside of us that says, I abhor that. It's a horror of that evil, that injustice. You know, something we ought to have a horror about and, and just absolutely despise and hate is the, the human trafficking that is going on in our world. It ought to make us sick in our stomach. It should. It should make us sick of our stomach about the, the babies that have been boarded and, and, and the lives that have been destroyed by the enemy. That's why we preach the cross. Is that it doesn't matter if a, a woman has had an abortion, there's a cross that will bring her back to redemption, even with that. It doesn't matter if a man has created a vile sin, there is still redemption in that. But the cross confronts it. It doesn't condone it, it doesn't appease it, it confronts it. And then said, here's your answer. Death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hey, let's just take a moment and thank the Lord for that right here, right now. It said, abhor that which is evil and cleave to that which is good. The word cleave here is, 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 is glue. Get glued with good. Be fastened together. Be firmly joined. With good. Then he said, <clears throat> he said, be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love. Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love. Place the right value on people. Yes, 
I don't like them, so I'm going to talk about them. Be kindly, affectionate one to another with brotherly love. And then he said something that's powerful, in honor. Do you remember what honor is? Honor is a value adding. It's adding value to what they already are. Adding value to what you already are. I, I, I was on Facebook, or I don't know if maybe Sister Gill showed it to me, but uh, Sister Moses does some painting, and she did this painting, and it popped up on Facebook, and immediately I saw it, and I said, I got to have that. I don't care how much it cost. And so we contacted her, and she said, it's already sold. That's how I felt. It meant so much to me because it, it, was a, it was a painting of the woman that was wiping the feet of the Lord with her hair. And it just grabbed me. It just grabbed me. You know, that like, like it, it's not that I would say it's a masterpiece. But she contacted us back and said the lady in her church that said she was going to buy it will wait for her to do another one. I can have it. Do you know, I spent, I spent $50 for that painting. It's going to be the inspiration when I redo my office. You don't know my worship. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I have had and experienced. That's immediate. What you know? What it was worth? It's worth more than fifty bucks. I'm not going to sell it for five hundred. It's what you do when you add value to something. When you add value to a person, you're going to say, "I'm not going to cuss. I'm not going to cuss. I'm not going to gossip, nor cuss about them." Lord, maybe that was supposed to come out. So-and-so. <laughs> Be kindly affectionate one another with brotherly love and honor preferring one another. Then it says, this is how you're a peacemaker, not slothful in business. It's hard to make peace with the bank if you're five months behind. How do you make peace? Pay your bill. Work something out. Not slothful in business, but fervent, passionate in spirit, serving the Lord. Then it says, rejoicing in hope. Rejoicing in hope. There's some folks, I want, Brother Joe, I have a hard time wanting hope for them. I don't want them to have hope. I want them to waller in the quagmire of their own demise. Suck them right down into the abyss. I will stand and watch. That, that's, the, that's the feeling you can get. But you know what a peacemaker does? Rejoices in the fact there's a chance for them. There's an opportunity for them. Woo! I want them to be saved. I know they've done me wrong, but Lord, I want them to be saved. One of the incredible things that happened in, in Bishop Adams' funeral that we went to last week, Bishop Adams had been through a lot of things, and there were some uh, preachers that really did him wrong. I'm talking about dirty wrong. And he looked at his family on his deathbed in the hospital and said, there will be people that come to my funeral that you're going to forgive and hold no grudges against them. 
I want you to forgive them. I want you to forgive them because I have forgiven them. You know what that does? That rejoices in hope. Praise God. That rejoices in hope. We need to have the kind of peacemaking heart that says I'll rejoice in hope and I'll be patient in tribulation and I'll continue instant in prayer. Do you know what that verse means? Is that a peacemaker will see the big picture. It is not over until the Lord has his last say. Amen. I don't want to focus on this moment, but I can see where the Lord can work things out. I can see where the Lord can help. That's rejoicing in hope. That's seeing the big picture. Then it said, distributing to the necessity of the saints, giving to hospitality. Peacemakers are generous. They are generous. They give, they try, and then they try again. They give, they try, and they try again. They are also, the Bible says here, the verse continues, bless them which persecute you. Somebody say, ouch. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. A peacemaker is not vindictive and looking for revenge, but rather for restoration, reconciliation. And sometimes you got to fight for that. You have to work for that, but not about that their end is vengeance. Bless and curse not. They have a sense of what others are going through. And he says, rejoice with them that rejoice and weep with them that weep. Oh, brothers and sisters, we need this in our day. We need to have a sense of what our brothers and sisters are going through. It might be that just our word of encouragement will lead them to an altar of prayer and a place with Calvary and Jesus and peace. Rejoice, weep, peacemakers. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Peacemakers do not walk with an air of superiority, that they're so much better. They've never had this issue. They've never done this. This has never happened in their family. I have watched as those that were just nothing but critiquers and criticizers of those whose families have messed up. Their families have had issues only to change when it hits home. When it hits home. When it comes to their family. Amen. Let us be very, very conscious about our attitude toward those that need peace. He said, be not wise in your own conceit. Peacemakers understand their limitations. They understand that they may not be able to help, but maybe somebody else can. They don't have to feel they have to get even. Peacemakers recompense to no man evil for evil. They are real and open. A, a peace, peacemaker is real and open. They provide things honest in the sight of all men. They're real They're open. And then notice this next verse. This is a key. If it be possible, there is still some people that will never have peace because they'll never go to the cross. 
They will never have peace because they'll never confront the sin in their life. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. There are some that it's better to not be around. Boy, that is some deep preaching and a good amen would help, help me right here, right now. There's just some people that you cannot get along with. And you're on the side of the cross and you're on the side of redemption and you're on the side of the right spirit and your right motives and all these other things we just talked about and still, it's impossible. The best thing sometimes is just to simply say, there's got to be some distance between me and you. As much as possible, I have in you. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourself, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. These are the attitudes of a peacemaker. This is how a peacemaker operates. I will tell you, I have been there when I have seen people and have been wronged by people, and I would look and watch and see waiting for the day for God to get them. Get them, God. Brother Joe, I'm sad to, sad to say I've prayed it. Get them, God. Where's your judgment, Lord? Until I realize that's not mine. That's not mine. And with what judgment you judge, you'll be judged. <laughs> I want mercy. So mercy, Lord. Mercy, Lord, on them. Have mercy on them, Lord. Heal their life. Let them have hope, oh God. Let them find their way to the cross. If I can't do it, send somebody to help them. I want to be a peacemaker. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Why? They're acting like their father. He doesn't appease. He confronts. But it's all about reconciliation. It's about healing. It's about redemption. There are some people, brothers and sisters, that you can see them headed for the cliff of life. And you can wave the flag and you can shout and use a megaphone. And they will continue going off that cliff. The next response is, I'll meet you at the bottom with an ambulance. Not, good for you. You got what you deserve. But no, I'm going to meet you at the bottom. I'll be there. When you fall, I'll be there because I can't stop you. I've tried, but I'll be there when your world comes unraveled and I'll show you the love of Christ. That's a peacemaker. Stand with me, please. Lord, we love you today. Lord, let us be, dear Lord, peacemakers with a kingdom agenda. With the attitude, Lord Jesus, as we have portrayed, Lord, with genuine love, oh God. May we lead people to the cross, Lord, to the blood-stained tree of Calvary, oh God. Where, Lord, you gave your life for us. You bled and died for us. That we might be reconciled back to what you intended in the garden. Lord, to walk with you in the cool of the day. To be with you, Lord Jesus, in every situation. Lord, I thank you, God, that you, Lord, bring peace. Lord, you help in this area. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. Help me be a peacemaker. Would you pray that right now? Would you pray that right now? 
Oh God, I must be a peacemaker. Do you have chaos that you're facing? Do you have chaos in your family? Amen. Not pray that I'll get my way, but Lord, let me be a peacemaker. Let me be a peacemaker. Oh God, I give you praise today. Hallelujah. I give you praise today. Lord, you are able, God, to bring peace to confusion. Lord, to bring peace to sin-cursed world. God, would you bring peace, Lord God, to our community. Bring peace where drugs are running rampant. Oh, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, bring peace, God, to dysfunctional homes that are on the verge of divorce. God, would you bring peace. Lord, would you bring peace, oh God, to to a poverty-streaking community and county, Lord. Would you bring peace, Lord Jesus, where people are confused about their sexuality, they're confused about who they are. Would you bring peace today in the mighty name of Jesus I claim it and I believe it oh Lord I give you glory today can you lift your hands and thank you for listening to the MPC podcast we trust that today's message has inspired you encouraged you and strengthened you in the Lord we would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about our ministry.